Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 734. This is a podcast to do with music technology, uh, the technology of music, recording, synthesizers, instruments, software, distribution, streaming, whatever you like. I will basically cover it all, particularly if it's a slow news week, which fortunately it's not this week. But I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. We've got all our friends in the chat. So I'd say big thanks to Wagyu and Dom for sorting out the, uh, uh, the, the chat and the moderation, keeping the lonely ladies away and also uh, all those in IRC, all these various places that you can go. I also want to say uh, thanks to all of our Patreoners. I'll play a little... Before I go any further, I think I should play uh, m- my plug because... I think we're we're getting to the point now where uh, you know it, it's important that we create our own little ecosystems because economically things are changing massively. I mean we're okay, but I think it's probably good if those of you into this kind of thing get involved to a small degree, and then we can keep things going without having to rely on the, uh, the corporate dollar. Anyway, I'll just play a little message from you. Hey, why not join us on Patreon? We've got a couple of levels. If you join us at the upper level, by the end of the show, your name will appear in the credits. How about that? But if that's not your thing, we've also got lots of exclusive extra video. In fact, uh, got answers, questions from uh, the East, West and West Past extra bits that we posted. Uh, There's also ad-free versions of pretty much all of our content that's posted to YouTube, including pre-show versions and un-exclusive videos from this very show, Sonic Talk uh, pre-show. We've also got... uh, In fact, actually, if you notice uh, the news video that we put up, which was the drop-in series, that was actually named uh, by one of our patrons. So you just get involved in all of this stuff. As well as that, there's a Discord for you to join and a whole bunch of other things. We've got a whole load of samples and patch downloads, lots and lots of stuff. So please do consider joining us on Patreon. It's much appreciated. There we go. I've actually, I, I recorded that without a script. I'm obviously getting better. My concentration is improving, so uh, that's good. Uh, but, uh, and there's one more thing I've got to let you know about because uh, it's coming up fast. We've got our EMOM night, which is on the 26th of November. It will be live streamed, but if you are in the country or in the vicinity, more than welcome to join us. Uh, scan the QR code that you can see there. Or if you're listening in audio, if you go to bit.ly slash emom one tickets that'll take you to the event page it's only a fiver we're just doing it to cover the venue really more than anything else uh and we we're looking like we might have uh up to eight events and we will be releasing information about who those people will be performing soon so getting very excited about that in fact we've got uh we're sort of getting all our tech together it's no mean undertaking but it's very fortunate because it's just across the river the uh, football ground uh where i go sometimes on a saturday morning they've got a big bar there and it's got uh a great venue in it with a huge car park around it so it's going to be it should be a really good venue anyway let's get on to our guests we haven't seen them for a while or i certain obviously last week we didn't have a show had to take a step away just for a week but everything's okay don't worry um so but yeah sometimes real life gets in the way of uh, this streaming malarkey so someone who's uh, whose real life has been getting in the way of this streaming malarkey is paulie alex bow how are you paulie yeah, not too bad, Nick. A um, few things going on for me at the moment, such as you, you know, say. parenthood and have, having a little baby. Uh, thanks for the flowers, by the way. They were lovely. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, they were really nice. Um, but um, I've got to say, it hasn't disrupted life as much as I thought it would. Because we're just kind of taking it in turns and um, we've got a good support network, I guess. I imagine it might be different if we didn't have that support network but I feel sort of very fortunate that we have a good one um but yes so 
aside from child rearing, there's been quite a lot of musical stuff going on. Great. Um, two things, two things of note. One is just before um, the baby was born, I had kind of a spate of good luck on synth purchases. I called it Paulie's buying stuff for 1993 money. Because if you ever remember how much synths cost in like 92, 93, they were very cheap, you know, some of them. I ended up getting things like um, an Akai VX90 analog synth for 200 quid. Um, no way. Yeah, the rack, you know, the little rack that you can put yeah. an S900 into. Yeah, had a and little, the other had one a I got, adapter. Yeah, the other one I got very cheaply is this interesting hey. beastie Hawaii K5M. Nice. Which, um, it needs a new screen, which brings me to my, my second thing. Um, I found out, and you can see this on the Magical Synth Adventure channel, I found out I've got a long lost uncle who not only fixes stuff, so he's going to put a new screen in this Kawai, but he's actually a proper famous electronic music pioneer. His name's um, Brian Duffy, and he's in a group called the Modified Toy Orchestra. Yeah. And uh, it's been amazing meeting him. And, you know, he, he's been ecstatic that he's not the only synth nerd in the family anymore, you know? Christmas and, will uh, never be we, the same. <laughs> Christmas will never be the same. So um, head on over to my channel and you can watch that little interview. Um, it's quite cute of us just, you know, chatting about synths and stuff like that. Um, and we've I already had, started a working button. on a... It's a there it is. Yeah. It's still there. You haven't kicked me off your, your desk yet. And then, um, yeah, we're already starting writing some tracks. He had some uh, some kind of stuff that he'd written and kind of left to one side. I was like, that sounds good. Can I sing over it? So there oh, we nice. go. So watch this so, space. Everything's, everything's great. Well, we of course, we met um, yeah. since the last time you were on the show. We, we actually met we at, uh, oh God, what was it called? I can't remember. Synthfest, that's right, Synthfest. in uh, Sheffield. So that was great. So we've actually now, I've met, really I think I've met everybody now in person. Um, so yeah, it was good. And uh, as I often really say nice. when I meet people in person, gosh, you look, you look much taller than in real life. You're actually quite tall. <laughs> Everyone was going on about how, how tall I was. I was like, sorry. <laughs> no, it, not my fault. It's. I think it's weird just because with camera angles, you just have this sort of assumption. You just have this kind of thing that everybody fits. Yeah. Anyway, Paulie, lovely to have you, and uh, we'll, yes, we'll, we've thanks. got a lot more to be chatting on with. I also, say hello Definitely. to uh, Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in uh, Nevo Sound in his London studio, where he uh, mans the controls for popular productions, uh, mixes, and also um, waves new stuff. Because you're one of the developers there. How are you? Yeah, are you well? I'm very well, thanks. Good to be back uh, on the show. I haven't left this seat for uh, for some time. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the K5, the K5M. What a synth! That's my. I got mine when I didn't have time. Uh, I didn't have enough money to buy a D50. So, um, right. so that was, I got that instead because it had that kind of FME bell sort of thing that New nothing else kind of yeah, could do at the time. And it's such an amazing synth. It's, uh, it's an additive synthesizer with either 32 bins or 64. 
And the genius thing about it is that it has four envelope groups. So you can assign either the odd or the even harmonics or individually to diff to, to one of four envelopes. And then, wow, what a synth. Yeah. I love I it. I can't wait to get to the end. You know, it's uh, it's quite it, it's quite noisy. It's quite noisy, yes. but uh, I've been told that you can change a capacitor on the output, yeah. which brings the the noise level down. It's kind of digital, kind of yes, you know, uh, noise. But what a synth! Really Excellent. good. Well, yeah, I amazing. just want to interrupt. Ken Flux Pierce is there. Always enjoys when Yoad's on the show. Nice to have uh, have a bit of the support there, and oh, of course Paulie you. too. Uh, so, are you busy? You kind of are you you've been sat in that chair. I mean, I know you've been producing a bunch of uh, um, like sample sets for I forget the name of the the the, the, the Nexus. Is that what you're working? Nexus. Are you working on Nexus or is it Mixes? Um, I finished uh, one not too long ago, and I'm contemplating on the next one. I think I finally got an idea, an angle on the next one. Uh, a lot of things happening at Waves, um, which unfortunately I can't share. Um, no, of course. <laughs> but, but it's like really exciting stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can say that it's kind of related to an instrument that I like playing. Um, okay. <laughs> you don't have to and, disclose uh, anything, Yoad. It's fine. I'm not going to press you on yeah. it. Just, and it has I less just... than seven strings, mostly. Ah, okay. Um, right. Got you. And, but sometimes um, 12. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's always exciting because, you know, um, something that you can hold in your hands sort of thing while while working on 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 the actual product um yeah what else can i say without getting in trouble um yeah mixing a lot dolby atmos stuff which is exciting um yeah i don't know if i mentioned it i must have but i i really like the diversity of um you know, working on production, working on product for waves, uh, yeah. mixing. <laughs> it's kind of, I have, you know, I sample the whole process. So from writing to, to mastering, and I love it. It's never I think boring. It's, in it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think because as, as you know, generally in in the world that we inhabit, you know, you're a synth player or you're a drummer or you're, a, you know, a mix engineer or an engineer. But actually, you know, because of the need to diversify just generally, it actually probably keeps mm. you sane because sometimes you can just get, it's like if I have to master another crappy house record, if that's your the thing you have to do, or if I have to say, for me sometimes, if I have to review another average synthesizer, fortunately we don't get many of them. But sometimes you get like three or four in a row and you just think, but because yeah. I can do so many, I've, I've got other things to do, and I'm interested in other things. You know, it makes it it makes it more the the, the variety makes it more you know enjoyable. So I think that's a really yeah. important thing. Yeah. Keeps you sane. Yeah, everyone. absolutely. And yeah, and when you're, you know, when you're a professional, when that's what you do, then every project is is a challenge, and um, so so it's never. Yeah, it's never boring because it's always finding the right 
pocket for something, whether it's a mix or a plugin or, you know, yeah, whatever, absolutely. whatever it is, yeah. a guitar riff or anything. So it's all, it's like kind of aiming towards the same place, but from different angles and, uh, yeah, and it all totally. kind of comes together. I like it. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, I suppose we should get into some topics because there is actually quite a lot of stuff that we could talk about. Oh, there's one other thing um, I wanted to mention. If you haven't seen it, uh, we started a new drop in, a new series called Drop In. Uh, I, I, I tried for ages to come up with something a bit more alliterative and a bit more interesting, but it's called uh, Drop In Two. So we dropped in on Elevator Sounds in Bristol, which is a small independent kind of synth shop, and uh, we did a piece of that. And the, there was the the uh, uh, response has been really overwhelmingly positive, so we're hoping to do a bunch more of those. Uh, we're using some remote technology and stuff to, uh, to, to, to you know, Brooklyn or various places around the world. That's the plan anyway, so do check it out. Uh, we've also got the Mini Freak review coming up, and uh, Matt, uh, aka Maths, Matt Hodson, has done uh, the RYK uh, FM module, which we will check uh, a bit later on. But yeah. let's get on to... Uh, Let's get on to. I'm wondering whether we should start with some of the heavy duty stuff. Let's let's just go straight in with uh, sure. with this. Ah, yeah, the Synclavia Regen. This was from our Synthplex coverage. Uh, thanks very much to Jim, aka Ear Monkey Music, and Mira Mercurine uh, for making that show work. Uh, we, we've nailed the workflow, it's absolutely brilliant. But this is Synclavia, back after goodness knows how many years. So that used to cost, it used to be about the size of a house and used to cost about the, si uh, yeah. about the size of a house. Right. So, so um, it's a very long video. Um, I recommend you check it out. And obviously Luke Pop has got a review up as ever. He's always first. I don't know how he does it. Um, he must be incredibly <laughs> busy. But uh, this is really interesting news because in terms of what we get, this is Synclavia 2 DSP, uh, still Cameron Jones involved, 24 harmonics in additive, uh, 12 partials mm. per timber, and then 12 timbers. So you can have... 12 layers and yeah. then 12 layers of 12. Uh, it's got a built-in effect, MPE, uh, and a quite, a, a, I think it's probably a sort of, uh, oh, I forgot to press that button. That's supposed to go in there, isn't it? Sorry about that. That'll that'll do the uh, the, the correct thing. It, it's supposed to um, be very, very efficient. It's about two and a half grand, I think, $1,000. But it's, I, I, yeah. I, I have never, I don't think I've ever even seen a Synclavia. But I'm guessing both of you guys uh, will probably have an interest because you, you've just got the Kawhi K5, so you're you have an interest. Yeah, but this is pretty big, pretty big news, don't you think? I do think it's pretty big news. I've got some slightly controversial opinions on this project. That's I, uh, fine. I don't know. If... So <clears throat> I have this. Well, I've got, and I think you reviewed this once on Sonic Touch. It's an Elysis IODoc. Ah, yeah, Old I've got it. We still use it every day. I still, I still use it with this iPad too, and it's basically my dedicated Synclavia. Um, right, Synclavia. That's the other thing they make, isn't it? Yeah, the iOS version. Yeah. Yes, which is fantastic, um, and the you know the UI is really good. I can like pop around it. There's a little virtual scroll wheel. Really enjoy it. <clears throat> I find this a bit of a tough sell for two and a half grand, personally. Um, I think that there's not enough of the delicious, sexy hardware things we like hardware for. Do you know what I mean? Right. So 
the controllers on it are quite minimal. You've got that little flicky thing. And it's the got swiper. Kind of soft, the swiper. It's got some soft touch buttons. Um, but I, it's, it's undoubtedly very powerful. But it actually looks like you're getting a, a UI which is kind of worse than the, the app. Do you know what I mean? Almost. Um, and I, ha- I haven't played it. And uh, that's why my opinions aren't going to be like, you know, gospel. Yeah, but it's interesting. I, I, like I, I at least see the, the metal knob, you know, with the sprung metal knob. And maybe, you know, just, I'm just not too into the design either. I think right, they could okay. have gone a bit more retro with it. But I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, you know, dumping on it now. I am actually very happy that they're kind of back. But yeah. I think for two and a half, some of the stuff I put up with, you know, in bad UI synths that I like to dig through, I put up with because I've paid like 100, 200 quid for the synth. And right. and I can put up with that. But for two and a half grand, I kind of want some, I don't know, I just want some in, you know. Like, you know, the Super 6 can cover a, a synth full of sliders and beautiful things in a desktop module for far less, so... You know, and I know that doesn't make sense in the Synclavier paradigm because it's a bunch of additive two-op stacks with some multi-samples thrown in. Um, and resynthesis is planned, I, I hear, but there's just not enough of a hardware feel for me, I think. So I hope that... Yeah, I, I, I can get you. Yeah. I, think, I, I put a couple of notes as I, I think... I think uh, I think the thing that I find is you know there's basically one real time controller uh, which is the swiper, yeah. and the rest is kind of select buttons. It's quite clever the way that they you can get around the UI, uh, but it, yes. and, and Loop Pop goes into that. But you've still only got one single control, which is is a big ask. I mean, they, they, uh, they actually um, um, came up in the comments of, uh, of the video that we posted. Again, it's a, a very popular video from uh, Synthplex, which is great that Synthplex got the exclusive release there. But, um, you know, that people saying, oh, I wanted the red buttons and I wanted the knob. And they were saying that, th- that those components are so expensive, it would have added so much more to it. And I think, I don't know. Cool. I, I, yeah, what, what do you think? Have you have you got experience of that? It's a shame Rich isn't here, actually, because he used to be... At, at the Synclavier operator for Nile. So, you know, he'd know a lot about it, I guess. Have you had a chance to play with these things? Yeah, I worked on, on one uh, many years ago. And, um, like, you know, it's fairly straightforward loading patches and stuff. Uh, but I got into the resynthesis a little bit. Um, and, and not too long after that, I got the K5. Um, which can't do resynthesis, can, can only do additive synthesis. But then I got the Casio FZ10M, which yeah. uh, can do resynthesis. And that was, and, and at a much higher quality than, than the Synclavier. The Synclavier was, right. you know, for its time and all the great epic kind of tunes that it was on. Um, it was amazing for 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 the time. It was quite uh, an experience, and you know the, everything was the wooden kind of um, mm. key keyboard and all that. It was it was a proper you know device uh, or system. Um, with regards to the to the new one, 
I, I'm also not too keen about the one control thing because it brings me back to the alpha dial, to the Roland alpha dial, like on yeah. the alpha Juno two and the super J JX and, mm. you know, um, not too keen on that. However, it has to be said that they that they managed to to pack a lot of functionality into, you know, the the, the real estate that they have, which is not too too big. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can run it on on an iPad, it's kind of yeah. I don't know. I would I would probably use something like that to load the classic um, preset, the, the presets, the classic samples. If I was looking for one of these classic um, sounds, but to for the for the price and for sound design, I would probably go for something like um, Iridium, um, you know, sure. which kind of it's no it can't generate or it can't use samples but it does use pcm in the form of of wavetables and it has a lot of manipulation and and it's kind of in the same and, price range and real time so, yeah, and real time uh, and i agree i mean kind of, yeah I'm, it has more kind of colorful lights as well I, I need to play this before we move on Hey. <laughs> Thank you. The, it's amazing, isn't it, that the entire the entire history of a of a massively expensive and hugely kind of well not controversial but you know legacy of an instrument can be summed up in those two notes. It's uh, quite interesting, yeah. but it's it's an inter it's a really interesting what you're saying. I mean, I I, I kind of tend to agree. I mean, I think. And I think like the Iridium or maybe the, the way that the Hydrosynth has, has dealt with the fact that there are lots and lots of parameters, but also gives you yeah. hand-on control. They, that's a really nice sweet spot in terms of how you can get to all yeah, of that really. stuff. And, th and this is, uh, while it's, um, there's still quite a lot going for it. I just think it, it might be yeah. a big ask. I mean, I, I guess the thing is, is that as you say, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, it feels like it it will do well and it'll do well enough but it, it it's yeah. not it doesn't look enough like the old one for people who want to buy it for old time's sake sure. and it's not yeah so it's yeah i mean i suppose that's the difficulty the other thing is you know just to temper my opinion i am someone who owns like at least 30 40 maybe even more digital synth keyboards and modules so yeah if i didn't own any things might be different and I might, you know, spring for this. You know, yeah, maybe so. There's some interesting, de there are some demos on the site and there's some ones that really remind me of, there was a whole period where uh, certain composers, certainly Zappa, um, did a whole load of stuff on Synclavier and it had yeah. a real sonic fingerprint and you can hear there's some demos if you go to the website you can you can check it out there is de there's definitely some i think if i post that it, it'll probably get yeah it'll put there if you poke around there um there's definitely um yeah there's you can hear it and it's kind of interesting okay uh well anyway that i mean that's massive news but uh let's quickly have a, a word from our friends over at uh isotope uh sadly um prince charles alexander is not with us anymore but Ozone 10 is, and uh, the future of mastering, master assistant, match your master to a reference file. There's also a new stabilizer module for advanced, which adds clarity with intelligent and adaptive mastering EQ. 
The impact module also enhances enhance the rhythm by controlling microdynamics, which sounds very interesting. Uh, don't forget this code SONIC10 to save an additional 10% of any subware, software purchases, not including subscriptions, of course. But uh, there we go. I'm getting out of the habit of pressing Love the right ozone. buttons at the right time. Yeah, well, ozone, I, I know. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I think uh, I think it has a has a kind of it's all, it's become like a, almost its own thing, hasn't it? I'm sure waves yeah. have many many. Well, I know they have many things of similar, but uh, the, the ozone has just you know up to version ten. That's kind of some doing. Um, okay, right. Um, what's next? Let me just get back, rewind a little bit back. Uh, okay, wow. What? what Mm, yeah, here's another one. This was quite controversial. Easily the biggest video of uh, Synthplex. Uh, let's just throw that out there and uh, see what you make of it. Unfortunately, no sounds. But this is right. uh, here with Jacob at the Wonderkind. Jacob. Jacob's here with his uh, Sheer Electronics Relic. And I know we uh, caught up with you at NAMM several years ago, and um, we're really glad to see you back with some updates to kind of catch us up on, their, on your project. All right, well, first off, I just want to say, um, when we built this machine, our goal was to do advance in the original... I'll fast forward it a bit so you can see what it looks like. But basically, after that intro, he just basically talks. There's an entire brain dump of what's going on inside <laughs> to the most, most minute detail, which is really... I mean, for a guy that age, it's astonishing that he's got that much mm. engineering insight. I, I, you know, it's going to be an expensive thing and it's lovely to see. It's a real shame it wasn't making any noise, uh, but it's going to be, you know, $6,000 plus, but it's got a lot mm. of stuff going on there. And it looks really unique, which I suppose is a thing. I don't know, yeah. I mean, you know, we just had, the, unfortunately, the OBX has come out in the meantime, which is very much, you know, sticking to the original look and feel. So this this kind of takes takes it even further than that and he's really gone gone to town on it and hopefully it will sound great eight voices as well but uh quite a labor of love right yeah i really really like the the interface um there's um, something about it which is kind of retro it reminds me of the of the ams um editing um systems i have one here it's not operational but it has kind of the similar i don't know if you can see it just behind the chair um it's uh it kind of it has those the right size of buttons and it looks solid and it has loads of screens um and it looks very inviting um and yeah i like it i understand why it would cost that much um and, but for me, the, the form factor of that is something that I can see um, fitting in the studio in a rack or as a desktop thing, rather than the, the OBX, because it's just too, too massive, massive, even yeah. though it sounds <clears throat> absolutely amazing. So having said that, if I had one, I would find something to to take out of of the you know of the rack and uh, all your like ships are quaking in their there. boots now which one is it going to be it's going to be me oh no it'd <laughs> yeah, be like the I, borrowers when they, when you leave the studio tonight yeah <laughs> um but um yeah but six grand you know it makes you think about uh moog one and things like that um so yeah, yeah. it's 
but, but, but obviously without viewing it, it's all kind of on paper, basically. There is, on a paper video because with, it's there, there is a video from 2017, which I think does have, oh. have much of the Sonic characteristics, but he's obviously gone to town on this. They're just in terms of the gain staging, the filter, you can adjust the pre-filter gain, the post-filter gain, yeah. all kinds of stuff, which is just sort of completely, you know, big, uh, he goes into great depth and this is, I'll, I'll, I'll try and paraphrase about the way the Oberheim sound is because Tom Oberheim figured out the gain structure that goes in and comes out of that filter from the VCA and from the uh, from the um, oscillators. And that's the sound. Mm -hmm. And it does that. But he's also allowing you to tinker with that so you can change. You could drive the filter really hard. You could push way more than, than Oberheim lets you yeah. push into it and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like it's similar to the difference between the um, the Prophet Eight and the Rev Two, which essentially have you know have a similar technology, but it's the gain staging. The, there's something about the Rev Two which is cleaner, not necessarily for the better, but it just sounds different, uh, even though it uses the same the same chip, basically the same um, synth on on a chip. As as the Oberheim, uh, all kind of its its uh, incarnations. So uh, one of its, um, but um, it, yeah, it, it, a lot has to to do with uh, with gain staging. It's very obvious on the on the on the minimoog. Um, you know, it's just it has just the right kind of type yeah. of drive, and that's what makes the sound. It's tough to get it right because if you don't get it's uh, and this is one thing I found I think it was the um, what was it it was the System Eight when it first came out they got it completely mm. wrong there was something weird with the gain staging so the only way you could make the filter not distort like crazy was turn down the yeah. input to it so much that you then had to out turn the output up so much that it introduced noise into the signal etc. Was it the so JDX8? I think the JDX. Yeah, this, sorry, I do beg your pardon. The JDX8. Yeah. That's right, XA. Yeah. Uh, Paulie, I mean, yeah. you know, wouldn't this be a lovely thing to have, you know, regardless Definitely. of whether or not he can he can finish it or not? It's like an Oberheim expander designed by unicorns. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> With all those guys. I love the little light strip thing, you know? Yeah, it great idea. Really cool. Yeah, really great idea. So I guess the, the proof's in the pudding, just kind of playing one. I, I couldn't I couldn't watch it all. Was there much kind of audio rate stuff going on or is it more just a, a kind of classic levels of modulation? It's hard to know. I there was no uh clarity, you know, we weren't it wasn't unfortunately there sure. wasn't enough information. I guess he'll be uh, he did say apparently to Jim that he would be prepared to get one over to us to review when it when he's got them, which would be Amazing. kind of mind blow. I mean it's a little bit like it'd be like reviewing, you know, something that only five people can buy so i'm not sure yeah, I mean, yeah as much yeah, no, as i'd love sense. to get my hands on it it would it feels like a little bit of a, a luxurial uh, review but yeah i'm hoping that we can we can discuss that with him but i think where he's Brilliant. he's he's been i think what he's been doing is really obsessing about the analog engineering and now he's got all the trouble to solve like how to calibrate eight voices how to do the software how to do all of that stuff and that is not a mean feat i don't know um have you got any oberheim stuff yourself poorly i've got a ob6 which is like obviously the mm. sequential oberheim thing which i adore 
because that that even though it's quite a simple synth on the surface the x mod territory goes into kind of bizarre places you know you can you can uh, modulate pwm or the filter morph with vco2 so yeah. quite interesting the kind of sounds yeah, you can get but yes my my the poly synths i've got which I, which I probably, if I sold them all, I could afford one of these. <laughs> one of these, uh, these. I've got a OB6, a Polybrute, and a Profit 600. Uh, oh, in terms yeah. of analog two good, well, two great ones there. Polybrute is a beautiful yeah. instrument, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, that that really kind of has done me for, for quite some yeah. time now. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty happy I'm on the polysynth front. <laughs> I can I can recommend I mean after briefly playing with the uh the uh, mini freak yes. I could I could suggest that you take a look at that because honestly I I, I haven't felt as much patch writing inspiration since yeah. the Minilog XD and this has got uh what's really interesting about it I've discovered it says it's you so you've basically got six voices so this is completely yeah. off topic, but six voices in you know, okay. standard two VCO mode, but in or standard two oscillator mode. But when you go into paraphonic mode, what it actually does, it's not really paraphonic. It's more just twelve voice polyphonic with one VCO. Right. So you could just yeah. literally stomp on the and because of those uh, digital uh, algorithms in there, you can have super saws and you can have a, a yes. single a single oscillator can have you know maybe two or three sources it sounds like anyway i digress um what people are very excited about that, this sorry go what excites me with that one is you can do all of your complex stuff in os oscillator one and then use oscillator two to fm or ring modulate it right which is crazy so you can already set up a complex enough sound just with one oscillator like an fm stack and then further cross-modulate it with oscillator 2 which is you know very very powerful yeah and then run it through an analog filter amazing nice. so i'll be I'll, I'll, it's on my list obviously my my priority is getting a waldorf m at the moment because that's the mm. one that i've got my heart set on don't blame you don't blame you uh, at all actually yeah. that's a great sounding instrument uh, well i had the yeah. uh Iridium desktop. Uh, Simon Forsyth lent me his for a while, uh, and it, yeah. it it's one of the most beautifully made instruments I think I've ever come across. It's just every, yeah. all the just it's like you just going good grief. This is you know it feels yeah. so quality, and it, I mean it's deep, 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 deep. I think I think in some ways it's kind of hard. It's almost hard. You're almost spoiled. It's almost too much. <laughs> There's just yeah. But uh, yeah, great thing, a great instrument. So uh, well, well worth checking out. Okay, uh, right. Uh, we can well, let's see where else are we going. Uh, it's in Columbia region. Um, I oh yeah, well, a brief mention because I think uh, Dave's been such a long po uh, podcast uh, guest that we should give him a plug for quality uh, three. Oddity 3 G4 software is out. Uh, this adds uh, new scalable UI, new effects, new preset browser, vintage knob, aftertouch, rooting, uh, four macros. So, yeah, that's out now. And it's currently at half price, 50% off till November the 30th. So, 49 from 99. I think that's across multiple parameters. Um, and as we know, you know, G4 stuff sounds fantastic. I don't know. You, have you got any of the, have you, have you got the Oddity stuff there, Yoad? No, I have the uh, OBX. 
Yes, right. OBX is called, yeah. It's so good. It's the best, um, I think it's the best virtual analog uh, synth I know. Um, yeah, it's so good. It, it just yeah. sounds, you know, uh, it, it just has this sound uh, coming out of, of, of like uh, the computer, which is amazing. Really love it. Yeah. Uh, the interface, since it's kind of um, recreates the original one, it's a little bit clunky, um, but but that's what makes it unique because you can tune each oscillator, each one of the eight voices differently, different filter, different, um, and you can link them together if you want to to work like uh, on a normal scene. Um, but the sound, it's the sound, it's really good. So, uh, I'm sure the, the Oddity 3 will, you know, will be as good for what it does, um, which is, uh, kind of a little bit more nasty and, um, uh, piercing. Yeah. And less kind of I, pleasant and wide. I just want, I just want to mention actually failed Muso posted in the chat, but unfortunately, cause it's got an ampersand in it. it actually, that message says we've got Dave and Chris on the show. Uh, I'm guessing <laughs> on Sunday. Sorry. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, do check that out. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, gosh, my mind's gone completely blank. What's the name of the show? Good grief. It's, uh, you'll know. Well, Probably. ProSynth Network, yeah. Sorry about that. God, I feel I feel ashamed of myself for not doing that. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> yeah, I've still got. I've still. I, I had a COVID jab recently, and I'm still. I'm saying it's affected my memory. Poorly though. Uh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? I, I, I'm. Yeah, you're. I don't know whether you how much time you spend in world of soft synth land from this century. Sure. Anyway, one of my friends had the original version of Oddity. Now that was a while back, of course. Mm. Um, the first, yeah. the first but, version. I um I remember at the time comparing it to an emulation I had. I can't remember. Maybe it was like one of the Creamware ones. You right. know the the Scope mm-hmm. DSP platform. Oh yeah. And I actually I actually thought the the GeForce one was was better. I just thought it sounded really good. The Oddity. Um. So that's yeah. my limited experience with that that instrument. But um, I, I think um. For people who are, I mean, how much is it at the moment with the the sale? Forty nine, forty nine. So it's a bargain. Really. I mean, buying that even for an inspiration, um, a source of inspiration, because the the preset routing um, on that plugin and on the original synth leads to all sorts of lovely happy accidents you know with that that um, modulation mix the way you mix in the sample and hold and things like that um you can get some almost kind of rhythmic things going on so i think i think the price is worth it just for that that kind of um something new to mess with and some inspiration good call good call yes anyway i wanted to put that there because i know they're they're you know it's a big thing for a small company to release release stuff and they've been really ramping it up recently so good for them um okay i I think it's probably time for a word from uh our friends over at uh, baby audio yeah indeed uh baby audio makes 
creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine, nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Why not check out Super VHS, inspired by the sounds of the 80s with six degradation effects to make your tracks sound like they came off of VHS tape. It's a thing, I trust, trust me. A lo-fi plugin that brings you back to a 1980s aesthetic. Get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. That's the code ST15 over at babyaudio.com. We thank them very much for their support. Okay, right. Uh, let's get back onto. So, what uh, we can we can go a little bit more. Uh, uh, let's see. What did I, I put that one in there? Uh, um, what's the time? We've got one more. Uh, yeah, here we go. I think we'll. Oh, I'm just trying to find it. I do beg your pardon. I'm. I, I, I. You only have to not do this show for one week, and the muscle memory starts to go. So goodness knows what it'd be like for some poor soul who had to do it from scratch. Uh, oh, here we go. This is what you posted, um, Yoad. This is, uh, I think this is AI Ponga. Now, this sounds really dodgy. Um, it's actually just, it's the idea of, it's really quite simple. It's basically uh, to throw in, it's like a game inside a VST plugin, which is just an interesting kind of, maybe you want a little <laughs> bit of uh, um, uh, light relief when you're in the middle of a session. And I, I'm guessing... Yoad, you because you sent this in a few weeks back. I'm wondering if this is that how you how you kind of take a break or an ear break? Do you kind of tend to move away? Or I, I'd imagine sitting in front of the computer continuously and then playing a game in front of the same computer might get a bit fatiguing. But uh, I'm guessing you I posted have, it for a purpose. Yeah. yeah, I have to say it's really hard to beat the um, this game. Uh, <laughs> you do you play it with the modulation wheel, and it's quite hard. Um, wow. This is, yeah, uh, Exonic UK is, uh, this is by Guy Rotem. Guy worked with us at Waves for six, seven years, and we did all the synths, all the Waves synths, and um, sampled instruments together. And he started his own, uh, his own brand. And he has another amazing synth, which I consider is at a similar level with, um, with the GeForce one, uh, which is megahertz. It's a virtual analog. It's really, really good. It's really powerful coming out of the, of the speakers. And also he has a, a really nice way of uh, using the step sequencer. So you have the switches are the gate, which are the, the and, and the, you know, the voltage is the, the VCO. So, um, so it works like an analog sequencer. Um, so you have a different pattern for the switches and a different pattern for the really good synth. Uh, and it also has an AI mastering, automatic mastering plugin, which is mm. really cool as well. Uh, so yeah, it's more like a, a promo thing, but I think it's cool to, to have you know what would be cool is if you could play it while you bounce something or while you wait for something <laughs> to, to you know to render or something like that. But unfortunately, as a plugin, it's not possible. Maybe maybe there's a way of suspending, kind of calling a, a, a back, background kind of process or something. And but. Um, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little thing. And I was, uh, I remember the original one and I think that he programmed this one to be more difficult to, to play, which is right. annoying because you want to, 
Um, maybe I need you to try with different mod wheels. But it's yeah, quite you challenging. Yeah, you've got to get the right mod wheel. I, I, it's a great yeah. idea to actually use the mod wheel to control this. I mean, I, I think this brings up a more interesting kind of uh, thread, which is like what when you're – because sometimes, you know, there, there's a point you, you're concentrating really hard and then suddenly yeah. you just think, I've got to have a break. I mean, what – but it yeah. needs to be sort of micro. It's not like I'm going to go shopping for two or three hours or, you know, go and get the groceries <laughs> or whatever. It's like what, what, do, what do you – I mean, I personally – I'm trying to think what I do. I just tend to stop and maybe walk around, maybe make a phone call, just kind of get – some air i don't know what you do in that situation because i mean i imagine you know you you construct a lot of your stuff from scratch from multiple sources so i expect it's a fairly intense process plug in wires and stuff in and things yeah um it can be but um i think uh, a good cup of tea is always good isn't it like just having that kettle boiling um that's a very good and point. then um and then making a cup of tea, popping downstairs. I've got some of my retro computers in my studio, so I literally just switch one on if I need a bit of a break with the CRT, and I'll just you know play, play some old games or something like that for a few minutes. Interesting. Which is uh, which is nice, and it keeps me in my like nice little retro bunker aesthetic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't lose the flow. Anyway, yeah, I guess that's the truth. You don't the want flow. it to be. You don't want it to be too encompassing, but I mean, I suppose that's the thing. No. When you're in the flow, you tend not to stop, but then you have to at some point. I know, yeah, what yeah. do you do? Go make a cup of tea or you know, have a cigarette or whatever it is that, you know, just something. It's like a micro break, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, luckily, I have my guitars around. And, um, and also the fact that the whole studio is rooted through Soundgrid, Soundgrid Studio allows me to have access to all my inputs so i don't have to go through logic in input mode or record ready or something to hear a guitar or a synth or anything like right. that i can just you know have them show like i have like with the with the with this um you know the continue meaning i don't know if you see yeah. Yeah, we can. We can you know, so it's well. always on, and and sometimes I play. You know, I just do stuff, and maybe it will bring an idea or something. And it's nice to have things which are not rooted through your door, so you don't need to set up a track and all that and an input in order to hear them. They're all, and I have a few of those things connected, and they have gates on sound grid so it's completely silent and you know it's just stuff that you can touch and it makes sounds uh, yeah, i like that interesting idea that actually that reminds me there was a brilliant thing which the leaf audio microphonic box which jim just did a sounds only demo i haven't got the video up ready but do check that out and it's literally just a it's like an audio playground with a load of contact mics in it with springs and a your bow and pads and stuff and it's just yeah. Really, I mean, I think something like something like that is great. Uh, would be a great, uh, you know, uh, a diversion, I suppose, because it's different enough to what you're doing all the time. But perhaps, you know, yeah, uh, I, it may be useful, uh, but it's mad. I've, I've built something like that for my daughter when she was like a year and a half or something like that, just the board. And I went to B and Q or something, and I got like a lot of different kind of locks and and stuff and things that make noise and big screws and things like that and I put it all together on a big board 
with the hope that you'll be, you know, not an engineer, but that you will be a little bit familiar with that kind of world of physical. Uh, and I think she, she, it has caught on because she's quite, you know, oh, good. fiddly That's and uh, can, uh, can do stuff with her hands, which, uh, glad which to hear it. Glad to hear it. Let's just have a quick interlude here. I just want to uh, say thanks to uh, Synth Addict, uh, Hanix. Too bad I couldn't make it at Synthplex. Uh, I would have been nice to meet you. Uh, here's some bucks for your beer friend. Uh, well, I, I'm uh, yeah, it looked like a great show. I wish I could have gone, but uh, you can enjoy a lot of the footage that uh, Jim posted there. Uh, and, and hopefully, but thanks very much. Um, okay, well, I think maybe what we'll do is we'll flip over to our, um, uh, our discussion area now because uh, we have, as we have... Um, user questions or viewer questions come in and we like to try and get them into the end of the show but before i do i just want to say uh division sh shout out to emom there's an emom night tonight in sourry bridge uh which if you do a search on emom you'll be able to f hopefully find the details there facebook's probably the best place to do that um there, there, there's almost one every night in the country somewhere in the uk at the moment it's a great movement and that's one we're very happy to be sort of part of in a very small way uh, okay right let's get on to a question Right, what's our first question? Ah, okay, this is from Jim Harris via YouTube. A given surprise addition of song mode to Digitact, uh, and also another TRAS update, Strymon's Big big Sky, uh, as well as software. Is the computer shortage forcing hardware manufacturers to divert attention to firmware and software updates? That's an interesting one, and I think that's probably um, a, a good observation. I don't know whether that would be the case. I don't know. Uh, I think yeah. we're going to see more of this, don't you? I think because at the time they're making these instruments, you know, even instrument from five years ago, is incredibly powerful in terms of DSP. You know, you hear sometimes some instruments where the engineer goes, I've pushed this this DSP and the RAM to, to its limits. Like that happened with the Waldorf M. We kept on suggesting new features for it. But I think actually maybe the chip shortage is making manufacturers go, well, there's still a bit of life left in our previous designs, you know, our previous PCBs. So let's just um, keep going and add some some updates. The, um, the update I loved recently was for the MC101 and the MC707, which mm. added a, a few features and effects. But for the MC101, it, it basically gives you full editing of all the partials. Uh, sort of in the Roland D50 slash JV1080 kind of structures and ring mod and, you know, all those samples and things like that, but with some VA waveforms. And uh, and it is a bit letterboxy, but it's made it such a powerful instrument, just that update. So I a love bit. seeing this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. bit letterboxy. That was my one thing. It's I mean, that's the thing about the MC707. The MC707 you can get into and and to be fair, all of that stuff is inside the MC101, but the, the firmware, I guess an off software editor would make sense. I mean, essentially, a lot yeah. of that Roland hardware now is, uh, is in fact, um, just Zen a hardware wrapper for the Zencore engine, and it just depends on what they yeah. switch on and switch off. Yoad, yeah. um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think um, it's a good observation, and I think that uh, brands... Uh, need to maintain their brand name. And so when you have a hardware or, you know, components shortage, um, then it's a good way of 
maintaining the value of your of your synth or whatever it is by giving itself to updates and and new functionality and that kind of reminds you of that brand existence so it may not be kind of profitable or generate revenue in the short term but in the term in for instance like the the base station to the um, the innovation you know after I don't know three years after it was released and released and everyone kind of forgotten about it except for me because I love it and I just used it recently it's an amazing amazing sounding uh, monophonic synth um, they released that kind of preset sequencing option as a firmware update which kind of brought more functionality um, to it uh, and things like that I think it's uh, from the user's perspective it's great from the hardware manufacturer they don't have to to create a new hardware device and to to get the supply and the shipments and all that um, also a lot of uh, brands you know do both like Roland have the the, the Roland cloud and also they make yeah. hardware synth since as well as Arturia um, so they have pigments and they have their um, you know brute freak, kind yeah. of uh, not brute, um, you know oh, so so it's kind of it's a synergy um, and yeah I'm sure it's it has to do with the with the kind of time we live in right now but yeah. um for the users i think it's a great uh it's it's great value i think that one of the issues is obviously you know i i think you know i think there's probably a misconception that firmware is just a non-trivial you know fairly trivial matter just oh you can just add mm. this to this and that but quite often it, it is a major amount of work and generally speaking yeah. firmware i i can't think of any hot or many hardware manufacturers that charge anything for firmware updates and i suppose in a time when supply is an issue you might add i mean certainly you might add functionality yes. to something which kind of completely changes it but you can't get the stock so you're essentially you're just sort of being nice which is great and i i'm fully uh, i fully support that but so you've also got to pay your staff and i suppose you know yeah. that's a very difficult a difficult uh, thing to tread around i suppose that whole thing to manage right can i um, admit something slightly embarrassing I only yeah. realized later in life what firmware was because I thought firm, like a company, like a corporation, it's their, it's their software they put in. But it's actually just, it's not quite software, it's not quite hardware, it's kind of firmware, it's kind of a little bit wobbly and you can change it, but it's their kind of kind of on a semi-permanent basis and I only realized that probably about a year ago and I was like you idiot you doofus <laughs> well it's interesting though I mean because I, I wonder because there's things like you know things that are programmed uh, for FPGAs which as we understand is you know it's yes. a fairly inert piece of hardware you know it just does a bunch of stuff and maybe Yoad, you'll know about this is it possible to almost you know I mean obviously you can't physically change the UI of hardware but could you completely repurpose it if you were using something like a F fpga based instrument uh, I, I think to a certain extent but uh, usually you don't really need to repurpose it you just need to 
kind of enhance it, enhance what it can do. A lot of the times when you have, when you work on a product, whether it's a hardware or software product, then you have a lot of ideas and a lot of functions that you want to add to the product. And we, and you say, okay, we'll release it now because we have the deadline and everything, you know, everything is lined up and we don't want to, or something that kind of didn't pass QA in a satisfactory way. So you say, okay, we'll leave that to a later update or something. There's always stuff like that V2 or hotfix in, in the yeah. case of software. And also in the case of, um, of hardware as well. So, uh, you, you know, you, you always find bugs and, and once you, you release something, then you get a huge amount of, of people using it. So you get feedback, feedback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a dynamic process. Uh, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be like that with, um, with hardware. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair point, Paulie. I'd just like to say that uh, uh, via the chat, Jim H. Paul, if there's any consolation, mate, he's got a mate who's a f massive Bowie fan, and only just realised a lad insane is uh, not a lad insane. So there you go. It's, it's easily done. No, no I need to feel much, any shame. Uh... Good. <laughs> um, uh, right. I have something else here. Where was it? Ah, uh, yeah. This this one is uh, in from uh, Nick Howes. Uh, post via YouTube, uh, a prolific uh, question poster. Lots of them very good. Uh, studio aesthetic and creativity. There was a good video about it last week. Obviously, it's a little bit out of date because it's been it was posted on the twelfth. But generally speaking, does studio aesthetic affect your work rate and the way that you that you work? Uh, I'll come to you first, Paulie. Yeah, it doesn't really no, because I'm. I'm generally using, I'll set up, I'll set up a few synths for a project, and then I'll offset that with some old computer stuff or some software instruments and stuff like that. So, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how typical this is, but I tend to write the most of the song in my head before I even get in the studio. So then once I'm there, I'm just laying down tracks and grabbing things and doing things like that. I imagine if you were writing where you were using the devices more as inspiration, you know, um, kind of groove yeah. boxes, arpeggiators, things like that. It might be a lot more important, but because I'm doing my kind of autistic, I've written this song, I'm just going to bash it out on the, um, on the sequence. And maybe it's less... And maybe the style of music dictates how important the aesthetic of a studio is as well. But I will say um, the look, the kind of visual aesthetic of my studio does have a positive effect on me because I've got like all kind of dark grey walls and it looks kind of a bit noir. I mean, I look out and I see the, the cloudy skies of Birmingham, but what I really want to see is a kind of Blade Runner scene with, you know, neon streetlights <laughs> and stuff. So I have to close the curtains and just kind of imagine I'm in that kind of that future noir kind of place because it does have a good Zen mindful, um, you know, uh, effect on what I'm doing. So, yeah, it's not super important for me, a studio aesthetic. It, it might speed some things up, but it's not ultimately that important to my workflow. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can, I, I can. Uh, um, I think my point of view. I was thinking, do, how do I feel about aesthetic? Because I was talking earlier, uh, I think, in the chat about just uh, for me, uh, the way a synth looks doesn't really matter so much. I mean, if it's annoyingly difficult to use because of some design choices, that bugs me. But if I can get where I need sure. to go on it, and I don't care what colour it is or whether it's got wooden end cheeks or aluminium end cheeks. I don't care. What is really important to me is less about aesthetic and it's more about workflow. If I can't reach for something, that I, if I find I have to do repetitive things, I will probably stop for a while and figure out a way to make that repetitive that repetition a shorter journey so i can do it with a button press and a mouse click rather than having to do this 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 and this and this and this so for me that's more important and as you can see you know the aesthetic here is not really kind of particularly uh, well you know that it's less important it's about conveying the information i don't know yeah i mean i know you're very big into workflow as well but your studio is lovely and you've obviously spent time on making it look a certain way was that from your mind or did you just have somebody get involved who would say i can make it and you just go yeah I like that that's fine i mean or is it very important for you yeah, the studio serves two purposes. One is making music and mixing and playing, but the other is the studio itself. It's my lab. It has a, mm. its own kind of, it's an entity. It, ha it has its own sort of existence um, uh, dimension or, uh, and, and for me, it's kind of, it's the same thing as workflow. So as much as I try to make the workflow elegant and aesthetic in its own way by mapping stuff or creating macros or creating scripts and, and things like that, but also developing products and the way you design the, the, the UX and the UI and the functionality and the sound. So, so this studio is like, it's a product, it, you know what I mean? It's like, it, 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 it's its own thing. Of course I can, um, I can write and play in, in a hotel room and do a lot of stuff, not mixing, but you know, a lot of stuff on my laptop and it doesn't matter where I am. Um, but I like being in this environment and, uh, I like the fact that everything is connected all the time and you don't see any jack leads or mic leads and stuff and everything is accessible and ready to to be recorded or to be you know to, to make noise um so yeah i think it's it's important for me a bit, sorry, that, a bit that everything is <laughs> ready and when it and when it is then it looks nice as well i think yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the thing that's the thing I would love for this space to be uh, a bit more kind of, you know, uh, uh, minimal. But the problem is that I have in here is everything's moving around all the time and it, I can't mm. just have everything plugged in because everything's a different shape. It's And we've had this discussion before where people d design their studios to such a degree and it looks fantastic. And then you go, but what happens if you bought a synth that doesn't fit in any of those space does not mean yeah. you then have to redesign everything to to keep the aesthetic going you know it or you have to wait you can't buy any new stuff because that's it doesn't fit in fun. yeah i suppose that's part yeah. of the fun you know to find ways of kind of fitting in and changing this and this doesn't you know that's uh for me that's um sometimes like you said sometimes i spend more time way more time 
doing that and developing stuff than making music. Yeah. And that's why I find, found myself doing waves, uh, making waves products as well for, for so many years, because it's like, for me, it's hand in hand. It's the, the hand hands on, on the music side of things and the hands on, on the technical kind of side of things, environment and both physical and in the software kind of domain. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, like I said, I think I'm way more about the workflow and the practicality. I, we, I always have yeah. a wrangle with my, my partner. You know, she sort of moves the kettle from one side of the kitchen to the other, which is further away from the sink. And it, I find it in completely infuriating initially. You know, <laughs> it drives me mad. You know, it's like, well, why? Because I could just do this. Surely it's the shortest journey. And then that isn't that. But then after a while, I kind of get used to it and I'm okay with it. But I, I think there must be a certain amount of, I, I kind of find it quite upsetting when things get moved around for no good reason other than I like the way it looks over there. I, I, I have to have things to hand i think and i and i remember right back when 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 i used to work in my own studio and we were doing lots of remixes and whatever and then sometimes they would say well we want you to mix it somewhere else i'd get really kind of anxious about it because i'd be going to this place and then nothing would be as i was used to having it and so it made me feel insecure about being able to do my job because I wouldn't know where anything was. And I'd have to kind of think about, oh, where's this, where's that? And I mean, I, I know you get an engineer and stuff uh, uh, and they would help, but it, it, I, I guess it's a, it's, it must be a personality trait in me. I mean, I don't think I'm on the spectrum or anything, but maybe I am and I haven't really figured it out. So, I mean, because I, sure. I, I think those are the sort of, those are things that tend to tend to manifest, but I do find Everyone's myself, a little, a little bit on the spectrum. Yeah, well, especially in this game, because, I mean, we all become quite obsessive about things, you know. So, like, at the moment, I'm working on (laughs) the workflow for our EMOM event. You know, I'm going to use a Stream Deck, and we've got all of these other bits and pieces and these things, and I want to make it really, really easy for anybody to do. And that's, you know, and easy to set up and just work. And I enjoy that process immensely. But I spend a lot of time yeah. practicing muscle memory for things like, you know, the, the switching here and the stream deck that I've got set up. I've just, I've sit there and I'm just running it all day and I go, oh, I'll switch this. Just so I know in my mind, it's like practicing an instrument. You know, I think it's important yeah. to do that as well. Anyway, Doing your sorry scales. if I've overshared there. <laughs> um, no, no, okay, well, fine. I think I, th- I think we probably are in, um, in a good place to uh, consider stopping for today. Just want to remind everybody, if you are into submitting any questions, uh, when I, what I do after the show is I, I'll set up the new um, the new stream for next week, and you can go ahead and just put questions in there already, even from this evening. You know they'll they'll show up. So if you've got anything that maybe sparked, or you can run that on Twitter, just type QQ and at Sonic State in a tweet, and that should be picked up as well. So if you d- in during the week, you don't have to wait until the day to post those those questions. And uh, so yeah, please do. It's just QQ in the live comments for the YouTube video, whether it's live now or going to be live for the next show. Yoad, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you. I'm hoping to get up to london soon and uh, come and say hi and have a have a pint That'd last time nice. we uh, had a had a great time that club in soho was was remarkable uh, and uh, have oh, you been yeah. back <laughs> no it's a bit too no. noisy for me but i'm sure we can find uh, other cool places which uh, you, sure. one can have a conversation in
Absolutely. Uh, lovely to have you. I guess you're back to, uh, well, back to work then, no doubt. Did you press the button and recall, or is it just Alt-Tab and there it all is? I actually have a mix. Uh, I all, all I have to do is press Command-Alt and it's there. There it is. Excellent. Right. Well, good luck with that. Right. Thank you very much for joining us. Also, Paulie, uh, lovely to have you and uh, all the best to you and your new baby and uh, your, your partner. I, I, I hope it continues to be as, as, as great as it has been and uh, you, you, you continue to enjoy that good synth buying luck. That sounds like a great... Uh... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and yeah, okay. I'll, um, I'll be posting stuff, you know, over the next few weeks, videos and things. So... Oh, cool. On, uh... Yeah, I have to get that one in, in one more time. I don't, I, well, if a, with a button like that, I mean, how can you fail not to want to press it a lot? Anyway, <laughs> folks, thank you very much to all our guests. Uh, thanks uh, to all the people viewing and the chatters and submitting questions and to Dom and to Wagyu and everybody else who's uh, helped along the way. We'll see you next time. Uh, that's it for this time. Take care. Bye-bye now.